for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast episode 66. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? Checking out this bourbon you brought us. I haven't seen this one before. Yeah, I think it caught me on the flashy bottle, man. I think that I think you're right. You kind of looked it up and it might have been a bottle switch. So I know I haven't had this version of it, but $22 a bottle at Kroger on sale. Had to get it. Stone hammer. Old stone hammer. Old stone hammer. I don't see old, I don't see it's an old back, out here. Man. Okay, old stone hammer. Old stone hammer. I think that uh 90 proof. Yeah, fancy label. I think that got me. All right, let's see if it's any good. All right, let's roll with it. So we got a... Hold on a second. We got a couple people who's going to join us with some old stone hammer. We have Peyton Bowling (laughs) (laughs) and Dev Hovis with us. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us, man, for sure. So you guys ever had old stone hammer? No, this is a first. Yeah, it's a first think, for everything. I think we just got to call it Stonehammer, man. I think the the big front label's better. <laughs> All right, well, cheers, guys. Right, cheers, cheers. cheers, Thanks for coming. Cheers. Tink. Tink. Hey, not bad. That's good. Yeah, that's a good, that's yeah, that's good smooth. bourbon. Yeah, man. It's got a good taste and nice finish. It really yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> the bottle. And bottle that's, wins. Yeah, it's got a little... It had uh, a cork in it, man. I got you at the cork. I knew you were going to like it regardless. <laughs> a big old fat cork in it. Yeah, well, I told you about Johnny Drum. Come on, man. I got my first <laughs> bottle of Johnny Drum for a while and popped the wax off of it. And it had a fork. And look, man, it has a cork. No, it's a fork. <laughs> it's a fake cork. Well, it's a cork. And the, yeah. And, a plastic. I mean, it's weird. But then that got me to thinking, okay, so... What's better for bourbon? What's better, a screw top or a cork? It's fake. A screw top with a cork. Isn't that weird? There's a lot of corks like that now. I haven't seen one. It's a fork. Yeah. It's a a fork. It's a fork. That's a fork. Yeah. Consensus in this room says it's a fork. Well, it's not unusual. (laughs) (laughs) The the price didn't change on the guy. Johnny (laughs) Drum did it. (laughs) Jesus. That's a damn cork. That's a cork. Yeah, that's a cork. You can make a, a full cork board out of that cork. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a real cork. I honestly think what's best for the bourbon is probably them, uh, them fucking glass decanters with the glass corks on the top. Yeah. He's got one. Like you see at those, you know, fancy places where they got the ice buckets or whatever. This is a bucket fancy glasses. Place, man. Well, I guess uh, that depends on whether you, is, is air good for bourbon? 
You know, I don't know. Um, we shouldn't let bourbon sit for long enough. I agree. You need to just drink period. it as soon as you got it. Man. <laughs> Outside of the barrel, anyway. Yeah. Tanner yeah. would know. Tanner's a, yeah. Tanner. Tanner. Yeah. The drummer for Possum Junction would know. He he knows all about. He's that a shit. licensed mixologist. He um, <sighs> he knows about like the whole process of it, the aging and everything. All right. So before we get into Possum Junction, which I definitely want to, we're going to start off. We'll start off with you, Peyton. Oh, yes, sir. And just go back to childhood and tell us about your earliest memories of music. And at what point did you realize music was going to be an important part of your life? I think I've always kind of realized music was always just super, super important and took up most of the space that's in my brain. Um, when I was about three or four... Um, my dad had this old, like a 94 S10 and, uh, it had a cassette player and a CD player in it. And in the CD player was a brand new album that had just came out by this band called Audio Slave. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then in the cassette player was a old guys. cassette from 1991, I think, uh, with a band called Temple of the Dog. Oh yeah. And I would sit there religiously and, and just listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. And uh, it, was, it wasn't until later in life that I realized that was the same Lee Singer, <laughs> you know. That and, Temple of the Dog record is one of the craziest records I've oh, ever seen. Oh, it's amazing, man. It's unbelievable. So soulful and, 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 and gritty and just, it was beautiful. And, and, and I just didn't want to ever stop listening to it. And, but I didn't pick up an instrument until I was probably 13 or 14. When I started playing guitar, middle school, yeah, about yeah. middle school, I played football, and then got injured, and didn't know what to do, and uh, I picked up a guitar, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> did you ever go back to football, or did uh, music kind of take? Up yeah, the... music, music took it from there on. There I, I cared about, I cared about music and getting fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and uh, said football was over. Yeah, football, yeah football was done. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at Dev and Peyton, man. That's half a football team right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Chris Cornell, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I love Chris Cornell. And so, I mean, I, I grew up on a lot of Chris Cornell, a lot of grunge, but I grew up on a lot of uh, folk too, like Bob Dylan and, and John, a lot of John Prine. Love John Prine. Love John Prine. And, I heard uh, you playing a little bit of John Prine as you were yeah, sitting around. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, Morton's Gap, Kentucky. Morton's Gap. Yeah. Okay. Where is that? That is in Hopkins County. It's uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, just a little, a little spot in the road. A little old coal town that ain't nothing there no more. But uh, I love it and I hate it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's made me who I am. But God, I wish I grew up somewhere like fucking Seattle or something. You know. <laughs> but as you get older, you you appreciate living in a in a small town like that yeah yeah so how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 23 23 years old okay dev how about you man where did it all start for you what's your early memories and that's actually a funny story it jumps around a lot uh ironically it starts too with an old vehicle and a cassette my brother's uh who's quite a bit older than i am he had a uh station wagon that he used for drag racing <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he had a four, yeah. had a 450 big block in it and stuff and had a cassette player in it and i think i was in the first grade and i got it i got in it and i was meandering through a shit 
and he had a his little cassette carrier, and there was a purple tape in there, and it caught my eye, so I pulled it out, and it turns out it was the uh, it was the Great Malenko by the Insane Clown Posse, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a hand me down Walkman, the cassette Walkmans, and uh, <laughs> I snuck off to my room with it and put it in, and it was like just just that idea of like storytelling and like taking it so different. I was really into it for a long time, and so I like I started writing then. But I was always like steeped in different kinds of music. Uh, my one of my brothers, Carl, he listened to a lot of uh, like Bone Thugs and Harmony and like hip hop. And then Richard, my other brother, he had like it was Megadeth, Pantera, Metallica, oh, Anthrax, yeah. Slayer, Thrash Metal, you know, um, Primus, all that stuff. And then my mom and dad was Conway Twitty and Don Williams and Jim Croce, and you know, it was always always around. When I got to be about fifteen, I went to my cousin Jason's house, and he would. Uh, he had a uh, a Dean ML Dimebag Daryl edition. Okay, and he started playing some metal on it, and I was like, "Oh wow!" I was like, "That's the coolest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> so I went and got a job and saved up, and I bought this awful uh, Squire bullet yeah. from a Sam Goodies. Like the action was three feet off the fretboard. <laughs> it seemed like you know, and uh, <laughs> taught myself to read tablature, and I bought a. Uh, I bought a, it was a black album, Tab Book. And Ooh, just okay. like, I was like full on metalhead, you know. Because uh, I played football growing up too. And then at the time I discovered uh, metal and guitar. Uh, we'd moved to a different school and they didn't have a football team and stuff. So I was like full of teen angst, you know, and, mm. you know, got into metal. And the then black album though, man, that's, we talked about how many freaking uh, guitar players that yeah. has influenced that album mm. and, and, to the easy riffs and the playability of the, some of yeah. those things make it accessible to guys that are like, what am I? Just pick something yeah. up and go. Yeah, which, I, you know, I was pretty much able to like jump right in and start, you know, at least mm-hmm. getting a rhythm for things. But I was always a big fan of Johnny Cash and this folk roots stuff was kind of always in the background. Uh, my parents loved to karaoke, so they would drag me on to karaoke, <laughs> you know, Johnny Cash songs and stuff. And then actually, Within the past few years, uh, my nephew showed me, he was like, check this guy out. And he showed me Nose on the Grindstone by Tyler Childers. Oh, yeah. So I was always a Hank 3 fan, but, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really a fan of uh, the mainstream pop country culture, you know? Mm. You know, not knocking anyone's music, it's just not for me mm-hmm. in particular. You know, it wasn't really relatable. It seemed more like they're trying to get sales more than it's from the heart or soul, you know? And I heard Childers and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, "That's where? Where's this been at?" And just started getting into bluegrass roots, folk, you know, mm-hmm. country, and then here we are today. It's yeah, been, man. it's been a hell of a journey. I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade it for nothing. Yeah, there's been a gigantic resurgence in in roots bluegrass yeah. uh, music, which is amazing and awesome. I completely agree. Yeah. It's like a breath of fresh air because mm-hmm. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm a, I'm like you. There that there's something for everybody, but that pop country stuff is just kind of ew. Well, it's too, too saturated. Mm-hmm. It's too it's too pandering. You know, they just say yeah, the same. That's a good word. The pandering. same same mm-hmm. fifteen words in every song to try to try to get people to buy the next fucking album, mm-hmm. and it's it's just not. It's like it's built by a corporate yeah. marketing team yeah, more is. than it is musicians yeah, and artists, you know? and it really is yeah. at mm-hmm. the end of the day. It's really like a walking South Park skit. <laughs> yeah, and like, and and nobody notices it, you know. And it's it's you know, but I'm I'm really glad like Tyler Childers and Coulter Wall and all those guys are finally 
you know, kind of biting back and, and making real music again. Mm. I, I read, too, Tyler Childers was he covered two or three times on American Idol this year, mm-hmm. which is good. Anyway, because I, I don't know, I feel... I feel like those shows aren't good for music either. Like, mm-hmm. especially young and aspiring musicians and artists that are growing up watching that shit on TV. Yeah. They think they have to fit into a box. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And to, some feel like that's the only way, the only yeah, route. Yeah. Yeah. To be able you know? to, you know, to perform or whatever. Like, if you look back and if they'd had that, like, if uh, Dr. Hook went on American <laughs> Idol, they'd have never made it. Yeah. If Kurt Cobain tried to get on American Idol and sing, they'd be like, you know, you just, you don't got you're it. Terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're awful. I couldn't imagine playing Freaker's Ball at American <laughs> Idol. I mean, seriously. I was listening to that on the way here. That would be insane. <laughs> they would get booted. I mean, you know, so it's, it used to kind of be a trick to get you to listen to that poppy stuff. I don't even mm-hmm. think it's a trick anymore. I think some people, it's just easy enough to go yeah, they like it or it's just mm-hmm, easy yeah. to digest and whatever. But yeah, man, you know, the Sturgill Simpsons and the Tyler Childers and these and the guys like that, that they're really starting to emerge and kind of take center form and and leadership in, in what yeah. is today's country music, which is yeah. awesome. Because I mean, you know, five, 10 years ago, those guys didn't get traction like, like mm-hmm. they're getting and become, you know, a lot like uh, the old outlaws of country that kind of threw their middle fingers to the, to the air and it's yeah. like, you're not going to change who I am, yeah. you know. We're true to their authentic self yeah. anyway, and those guys are like that, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, that's what it should be, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, regardless of your craft of music or whatever, you know, um, express who you are, regardless of what outlet your music you're playing, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be country or rock or metal or rap or whatever, as long as you're true to yourself, I think that really shines through, Yeah, through your music and through your art that you're creating. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. So are you guys childhood friends, or where did you cross paths? <laughs> um, no, um, we met at a hell. I've only known him for since August. Mm-hmm, August, like August of last year. Uh, mm-hmm. We played at this this place in Richmond, Kentucky, Richmond Beer House, and we just kind of hit it off. His his band was playing, I was playing a solo show, and we just hit it off and been friends ever since. I guess we're friends. <laughs> Terms used loosely. Yeah, very loosely. <laughs> you know, it was wild. It was one of the, in my opinion, one of the many blessings that, you know, pursuing a life in music has brought me. Because um, we had just started, my band had just started. I had the idea last year sometime and brought it up to my harmonica player who didn't even play harmonica at the time. And I was like, hey, I have an idea for a band, Possum Junction, you know. And he was like, oh, that's fucking genius. You know, I like it. I'm in. So, we started practicing. We worked our asses off, and we were going for this first show in uh, Richmond. And we were like, you know what? We've been we practiced every day for two weeks. There's nobody gonna be better than us there. We got this shit, and we were the only band performing. So we went on live. At last, we closed the set out. And the first guy that went, his name's uh, James Overby, amazing Kentucky musician. Mm-hmm. So we watched him, and he's been, he's, you know, he's a vet in the game. And I was like, oh, he's super comfortable up there. He really knows what he's doing. He's good with the crowd. (laughs) He's got this Bob Dylan type vibe to him, you know? Yeah, real Bob Dylan, Neil Young, sort of. So I started, I was like, uh oh, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then this fucking guy gets up there, and uh, he opens his mouth and just hits, you know, hits those notes that he has the ability to. And, me and everyone in my band were running around the bar like a chicken with our head cut off, trying to find other people. You know, the other bandmates like, just fucking come here. Come here right now and listen to him. Um, 
I didn't even really sing in the band that much at that time. Uh, we had a different guy that sung, and our harmonica player handled a lot of the vocal work there. And they were like shitting in their britches <laughs> with this guy going up there. But it's been, uh, like he said, we hit it off, you know, had a lot of shit in common. And we've just pretty much been jamming together, hanging out, mm-hmm. like, you know, ever well, so, since. So that, uh, what does that look like, man? I mean, you guys are not very close to each other in distance, you know, proximity, right? No. You're quite a few hours away, and you're quite a few hours away in a different direction, right? Yeah. Um, he's about an hour and a half, two hours where I'm from, which isn't a horrible drive, but I don't know. It's just something about with our camp, the group that we have, like the chemistry that's there, it really feels like a family. Like, you know, I'll do, I'll do what I need to for these people. You, know? oh, yeah. you genuinely feel like they have your back and you have yeah. theirs. And... And the short amount of time we've known each other, there's been there's been years worth of drama and bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> when all yeah. we wanted to do was just hang out and play music for people, yeah, you, you know? know? Yeah, I got into doing professional music trying to like, you know, oh, well, I won't be so stressed out or, you know. This is better than working in a factory and I've had to deal with more bullshit than, than anything I've ever had to do before. But it's worth it and I love it and it's... So you've committed to music full time? Yeah. Both yeah. of us have. Both yeah. of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how how long has that been? Since, well, for me, about about August of last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's about August too. Tough year to do that. Yeah, really tough. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went through a tough year personally, anyways, and I just kind of got to a point to where I was like, you know, I've been working my ass off in this avenue and this avenue and this avenue and nothing's really paying dividends and I'm miserable and have no quality of life, you know? So I didn't want to be on my deathbed one day, you know, knowing I didn't make it in my dream because I didn't try. Mm. I was like, nothing else has pandered out. I'm miserable anyways. So I'm just going to start jamming. And, you know, it's been, everything's been telling me to keep going in that direction ever since then, you know? So there's probably nobody happier than you two guys to see things opening up and live music starting oh, again. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for absolutely. sure. Yeah, they just announced in, what, Kentucky, the 28th of May. Everything's, is that it? 28th, 25th? Yeah, yeah 28th. Yeah. 28th, 28th yeah. wide yeah. open, man. Wide the fuck open. Yeah, so, I mean, it's mm. back to back to bars needing, you know, musicians and things happening again. What has, uh, you know, you guys meet in, in August I'm sure there wasn't a lot going on for you prior to with live music. I mean, did, I don't know if you guys did the live stream stuff or what you did prior to, um, but what does it look like moving into 2021? Are you kind of get, getting back in the swing of things, or um, how's well, that looking as far as live music right now for well, you guys? Well, actually, um, we're about to embark on a a tour of sorts uh, with a another girl, Sam Roark. She's from Nashville. I, it's really exciting. Every weekend's booked. We're going to everywhere from Indiana and Kentucky and Tennessee to, to Alabama to New Jersey to Canada. It's a blessing. Um, I'm so glad that I didn't give up, mm. you know, because it was, it was close, you know. Like, it's like, shit. Nothing's going to open back up, you mm-hmm. know. It's never going to be the same. All these venues are going to close, and, and nothing's going to be good anymore. And I'm glad I waited it out, and I'm glad they waited it out because— it's so exciting. So, I'm so happy. I should ask. So, is the setup 
are you still solo? I mean, do you play with you know your your band or how's how's it working now? Or is it all just a There's a lot thing? of moving parts in what <laughs> we're doing right That's now. That's what I figured would yeah. be the case. It's it's mostly possum does the backing for me and Sam. But then they do their own set too, and I'll play on their set, and you know mm-hmm. we we'll just switch around and, and do that. But yeah, we're, I guess we're three separate entities, yet our shows are kind of interwoven t- together. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and uh, makes for a good show, I'm sure too. Well, yeah, it's neat. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun because you know Sam and Peyton they'll do they'll do their solo stuff. They're both fucking powerhouse vocalists, you know. Um, but we, you know, they help us out on our stuff too. Like when Peyton works with us, he gets to uh, he gets to like play mandolin and do leads, you know, and just kind of sit back. And that, and that's you really miss that when you're like fronting a band or singing for a band, you know, yeah. having to just you know do all the vocals and everything, and you're know, having to pay attention to everything else and remember the lyrics and all this. <laughs> you know, when it's my arch nemesis lyrics. Yeah, when you get yeah, when sucks. you get, <laughs> when you sit back and just get to play and do leads and stuff, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, it's I a nice breath of fresh air mm, to do that, you know. Yeah. And for us coming into 2021, <laughs> it, things worked out kind of conveniently when we started, you know, practicing together and just started talking to people and talking to people and talking to people and trying to work out what we could. And up in Bird's Eye, Indiana, where we're from, uh, we got to rent out the park. And put on a little show uh, there last year, and Peyton came and some other folks came, and it was a really good turnout. And kind of just through our networking, it was uh, with no shows going on, it was quiet. So it was kind of easy for us to make a little bit of noise in the places that let us in. And we got noticed by, you know, Sam and Peyton and I spent a lot of time over the winter traveling to Nashville, you know, hanging out with Sam, you know, building connections and stuff down there. With nothing going on and nobody being that busy, everything was standing still. We were kind of able to get our shit together and get a big jump as far as, like, our resources and what we needed to do. Yeah, like he said, it's exciting. We're going to, like, Orange Beach, Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, Fayetteville, (laughs) Myrtle Beach, um, just... I know it's been a blessing. Like Peyton says, glad it didn't hang hang it up because there's a couple times where it's like fuck, man. But if you don't question what you're doing, I guess you're not doing it right, <laughs> in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. So, did you guys line out those shows, or did you have do you have a booking agent that does all that stuff for you? Or did you just do <laughs> that, that is a fucking complicated story. <laughs> that perfect question. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that, that fits into some of the drama bullshit. Yeah, we we, we yeah yeah. You can stay away from it, I guess, if we need to. No, no, I'll just say that 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 you know, we had somebody that booked some of the shows, and then they backed out, and um, we're making it. Better without them. So there you go. That's all that matters. So how, matters. how did you guys connect with? Is it Sam? Sam Rewards? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you make that connection? She had approached me, um, because I had I had this song "Sad Face in the Back," um, and it was on Facebook and stuff, and and she had approached me just saying, you know, I like what you do. You're really good. I'd like to jam sometime, and we started talking, and then. Um, I got Dev. I was like, you, yeah, I think you guys would hit it off. And then they hit it off just fine. And uh, we just sort of developed a, a good relationship, uh, all all of us. That's, I guess that's just kind of how it happened. It was pretty organic, you know, like 
she just she just approached me saying that she liked the song, you know, okay. and, and and then I looked at her shit and I was like, God, fucking bless, like, <laughs> this girl can fucking wail, man, and she she does this cover of Jolene that is Ooh, so it's brave. Oh, it's so ballsy, and she kicks its ass. That's awesome. She really does, and 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 yeah, it's a blessing to to just know her, and and then for her to pick us up, and and you know. Like, hey, let's do these shows all together, you know, and, 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 you know, it's just a blessing to have her on our side. So, Dev, who's in Possum Junction that we haven't talked about? Who's the, who's the band? So, the core, the core of the band is myself, uh, Pat Van Winkle, he does vocals and harmonica, uh, Tanner Cox, he does percussion, he plays a drum set in a cajon, plays a cajon like people play a drum set, it's... <laughs> It's bizarre. Tanner and I actually we played together, played thrash metal all through high school, up until we were about twenty three or twenty four, and then kind of life took us on our separate paths for a while. So, I got back into this, and I'm like, hey, here's Tyler Childers and Sturgill, you know, start practicing this shit, and then got him a cajon, and then he just started playing his own style. It worked out pretty cool. Uh, Josh Willems is our bass player, uh, hell of a bass player, beats mm-hmm. the hell out of that thing, and then we have. <clears throat> Two other musicians that play with us, uh, Cody Baker and uh, Colleen Lynette. Uh, Cody's a lead player, does lead guitar and mandolins. Um, Colleen is a fiddle player. They're, like, magnificent at their instruments. They're collegiately trained and shit. And then I'm often wondering what times, you know, at times what they're doing, romping around with us. <laughs> you know, but but it's it's... It's cool. I'm, I'm blessed to have so many people believe in my dream and what I'm trying to do, you know, and dedicate so much time and effort into it as well. What is that? I mean, you mentioned that a couple of times. How did, I guess I would ask, what was the sell? How'd you say you look, you have this vision? I mean, what did you, what did you say to these guys to, to rope them into what you were, what you were doing and what you, what you had in your mind? Um, It was kind of, it was kind of just, I don't know. It's a, the possum was kind of turned into its own little entity, and it kind of did it on its own. Uh, Pat and I, we had talked. Like I sold Pat his first guitar, and taught him a few things, and then he just kind of started playing. Like we were always talking about playing together, and couldn't never really find a mix. You know, find common grounds. I had a different background than he did, and Tanner and I, you know, always had good chemistry. And then Josh, I'd played a lot of music with him too. But I told it to Pat. I was like, man, I got an idea. Because Possum Junction is an old gas station that used to be somewhere, you know, where we live in Indiana. And I was like, that's a hell of like a bluegrass folk band. That is a great name. Possum Junction. (laughs) I was like, why has no one done this? So I looked it up and like nobody had done it that I had found out. Um, There's another band that calls themselves that. They've not been active for a lot of years. I actually talked to them about it. But uh Told Josh about it at a 4th of July party after I told Pat. Because when I told Pat, he was in. And then Josh was like, hell yeah, I'm down for it. And Tanner was like, bro, I just want to jam. You know, it's cool. Um, then we had our first practice. And it was like, oh, okay. You know, maybe maybe there's something here. And then it just it kept getting better. We kept getting tighter. The music kept growing. And we've just been, you know, on it ever since, you know. We were lucky to have the people in our corner that we do with Peyton and Sam and everybody. Um, it helps out a lot. And there's a lot of people outside of playing music that uh, that have been very generous to us and are doing a lot to help us out as far as, you know, like promotion and 
you know, we got a guy, a fellow by the name of Gene Moore, who does graphics design and shit. And he's like, his work's known worldwide, you know, and he, he goes out of his way and helps us out. You know, we've got ISSA promoters that, you know, share our shit and just having a, having a camp, having a crew that can back you up, you know, helps out so much. And it's Mm. so, such a blessing and so humbling to know that, you know, people can believe in and buy in your dream and what you're doing. Sounds like you guys are doing a good job networking. And, and you can tell they appreciate it. And I think people like to work with people that appreciate yeah. their work and their yeah. help. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that'll take you a long way. I just uh, I just Googled Possum Junction and came across Possum Junction on the run featuring Peyton Bowling. Tell, hey, us, yeah. tell us about this. Yeah. Um, it was a little jingle I wrote uh, during the winter last year. Uh like most musicians and artists, we had, you know, fucking time on our hands. <laughs> uh, so I wrote it, and it was a really cool chord progression, and then I come up with some pretty pretty neat lyrics to it. Uh, everybody was like, oh, that's badass. And then we got hooked up with a, with a producer, a sound engineer, and sound guy, an all-around great human by the name of Doug Onstott, uh, who really knows his shit. So we went into a studio that uh, he works in, and... We cut it, and he mixed it for us. Him and I sat down and mixed it and everything, and it just, it was, to me, the perfect personification of what I wanted from my band, you know? And it's like, uh, it's it's raw, it's gritty, it's edgy. Uh, it's rowdy. It's rowdy. It's rowdy. <laughs> uh, we actually had a critic say, I don't, he's like, when you listen to it, I don't know, is it folk? Is it bluegrass? Is it metal? All I know for sure is it's awful. Well, let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. (laughs) Well, I'm drowning in that whiskey bottle, trying to ease my troubled mind.
That's cool, man. I like. I, I dig it. I think it's so interesting. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, that, that's cool. Thank you. The transition's insane. That's a great, great change of pace. I love change of pace songs. And then what? jump back into it, too. Is that full composition? Is that all you? Yeah. I wrote the chord progression, the music for it, lyrics. I was just fortunate enough to have people that can play their part of it to bring it all together, you know? Because mm -hmm. without my, the band and Peyton and everybody, it's just me on a couch with an acoustic <laughs> guitar and some papers, you know, playing it out, you know? When does the tour start? Uh, we sort of, I guess... In a way, kicked it off last weekend. We played in South... Ice broke last week. Yeah. Okay. Played in Salvisa, Kentucky. And uh, it went really well. And then uh, I think we're pretty much booked up after... Like, after next weekend, we're pretty booked up through... Until about August. August or se September or what, whatever. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean... And it's always adding... Like, there's uh, shows that are getting added that I didn't even fucking know about. You know, and, and which is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, the more the merrier. You know, no doubt. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess it sort of kicked off last weekend, and then we're we're gonna stay busy. You have any, <laughs> do you guys have anything booked in Louisville coming up? No, uh, not at the moment. Yeah, not that I know of. I got a one shot. Oh yeah, one shot. One uh, mic, date one song. Right yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right here. <laughs> Closer than you think. That's yeah. right. Um. Actually, uh, the 29th of this month, up in Bird's Eye, I'm, uh, we're doing a Possum Fest 2021. Uh, we got some killer artists on the bill. Uh, been working on it for a long time. It's See, the last one, the first one we did turned out better than we thought. Then we tried to do a second one at the Conservation Club in town. Then the county Department of Health and Fire Marshal shut it down because of... Uh, being a you know red code red COVID yeah, yeah. COVID stuff. thing, and then we had to have it outside in November, so that flopped. So yeah. on this next one, like I've got calls from the state fire marshal's office and all this shit uh, to get like permits for amusement and entertainment and insurance policies and all this shit. But uh, it's a big to do. Um, there's about six and a half, seven hours of music. Sam Roark's playing, Peyton's playing, James Overby's playing. Uh, a band called Neverly. Neverly, uh, uh, Austin Nethery, he's from Louisville, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dakota Blankenbaker's band, uh, Lonesome Holler. Lonesome Holler, they're yeah. from Frankfurt. They're coming up to play it. Outside of that, I don't think we have anything too close. Do you have a Facebook or website yeah. or something yeah. like that? Yeah. How can you check out that uh, Possum Fest? Oh, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, the Possum Junction Band, or at Possum Boys on Facebook, and it has you know all our events coming up that you can follow and keep up to date with. Like and share. Yeah, man. Get some Definitely reviews. Sure, Facebook sure. told me I need I need to have some reviews. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably for the algorithms. I don't know. <laughs> so Peyton, how about you for for our listeners that want to follow you a little more closely? You have a uh, website. Yeah, I'm on face, Facebook. Uh, Peyton Bowling on Facebook, and then on uh, Instagram. I'm on Instagram. My my handle is snoochie.boochies98, <laughs> which is a which is a Jay and Silent Bob Jay and reference. Silent Bob, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, on YouTube, you let me up on YouTube. I have a YouTube page. That's about the easiest way to find me, unless you want to come to 109 Crooked Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what's the easiest way to see where you guys are playing? Through, the, through one of your... Through, through Facebook, through probably. Facebook, Facebook okay. would be the easiest, easiest All dates up on there and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. It's constantly being updated and, and whatnot, so... And what we'll do is we'll close this podcast with a uh, 
one of our one shot, one mic, one song recordings. We get a pick. Neil Bread selection. Yeah. There we go. All right. We get a pick what song out of uh, this this next group. I All like right. it. All right. <laughs> we're start having some fun recording, guys. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for spending 45 minutes chatting with us. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Ours. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Tuck him 